here's what's been on my mind all weekend, among other things. I was thinking about all the things that have changed drastically in a couple of decades. Like, drastic changes. Our politics are way different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Our media is way different than it used to be in all kinds of different ways. Their willingness to show violence, their taking sides, their all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. They're trying to whip you up at every moment and convince you that what is happening is life and death. I was going to say kids are different today, but I'm trying to stop saying that because kids are not different. They do not come out of the womb different. We're raising kids differently, apparently, and have been for a while now because because the kids have a way different attitude of entitlement. I mean, you know, you ask any teacher that's been around for a while and kids are different. Or, or coach or anybody who works with youth or young people, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, we were, we're creating, we we're, we're making them miserable through that craziness. Yeah, one texture said, how about schools? How about the education system that has brought us all these males that do this sort of thing? It'd be worth taking a look at. And then, to me, the big giant one that you stir that up and then you put in the magic ingredient, ingredient the internet. Mm-hmm. which nobody has wrapped their head around how to handle that or where that's going because it's so new. Right. That's completely new to humankind. Right. The ability to uh, to put whatever nutty idea you have and find people to back you up on it. And and encourage you. I mean, really, really encourage you. And well, the right idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot. Exactly. The great P.J. O'Rourke there. Oh, and then I was speaking to young people, whether it's kids or a little bit old people, the fact that we don't date and marry and have sex anymore. I mean, we've... Gone over the statistics on that. Just a, a plummeting of, of coupling. It's weird. This that came out over the weekend, more than 20% of millennials claim to have no friends, according to a YouGov poll. I saw that headline. Yeah. I, you know, I just unleashed a tweet. And if you follow us on the Twitter, feel free to retweet it. Because um, I think it, it distills what we've been talking about pretty well. But um, like you, we're just trying to figure this out. And we're not trying to score points for anybody or any cause or against any cause. Um, that seems to be like the near universal human instinct when things like this happen. Maybe it's because we've had to dive deep into these things because of the way we make our living over and over and over again. And it's gone from you know horror and anger to a sort of... Um, exhaustion to through like a grief phase and now i've got to admit i just i'm practically obsessed with understanding how our young men in particular are using mass murder as an expression of what's inside them sometimes it ends up being some kid turns to white supremacy sometimes they turn to islam Sometimes they just want to kill people because they're angry. The number of apolitical mass murderers. Oh, the kid that killed all Columbine. those kindergartners. The kid that killed all those kindergartners. Parkland. That wasn't a political thing. Newtown. Las Vegas. Some of the most horrific ones had nothing at all to do with white supremacy. And that's the narrative in the news right now. If you haven't tuned it on, turned it on. Um and and you ought to fight against all sorts of repugnant ideologies. Go ahead. I think it's a good thing to do. But I think if but, you but don't say that's the cause. You're completely missing it. We could if if I were godlike, well, run for your lives first of all because you wouldn't trust me or anybody else with those powers. But if I eli- if I snap my finger and eliminated white supremacy from the planet, we would have a shooting next month. I guarantee you. 
Right. we got a segment coming up with a, a well-known conservative talking about the rise of white nationalism. So I'm not trying to dismiss it, but I keep seeing the list of the 10 worst shootings in America. And it's shocking how many of them have happened in just the last couple of years. Right. But on that list, how many of them are white supremacy? So you take off all the white supremacy and you still have a horrifying list. Like you just said. Now, if you want to say the online, like, white supremacist forums are a particularly toxic place. Well, I read where, a, where I, angry. I was on them yesterday. That's something. Where angry people get those desires enforced. Absolutely. I grant you that. It's, it's sick. It's poisonous. It's insidious. And you ought to fight it. Um, but to say that is the cause is, well, it'll just it'll just postpone us getting to the real causes and a real understanding. Those of you who are trying to score political points, I I guess I don't think people are trying to be bad people, but I think they're doing a bad thing. I uh, got a text from somebody who thought about, making it about that. Got a text from somebody who thought about being a school shooter. So I'll read that for you in just a couple of minutes. But first, I was just thinking about this as you went over it. What if we had, God forbid, I mean, because we've had three in a week. It's just unbelievable. But what if we had three more next week, three the week after that, and three the week after that? I mean, just such an onslaught of them that something breaks. What direction do you think it would break in terms of something has to be done? I think if you had three, three, three every week, for a while, something would give, right? What direction do you think it would give? Some sort of gun laws we've never had before in this country, or... Probably. That's part of it. I would hope... Because we might head that direction. And I don't trust... See, one of our big problems right now is I don't trust the media to deliver the truth. Um, They deliver the truth when it's convenient to them, so you're getting perhaps the truth, but certainly not the whole truth, and certainly not nothing but the truth. But if we all could take in perfect information, I I would be delighted, obviously, based on what I've been saying so far, I would be delighted if people's narratives would be uh, um, contradicted over and over again to the point where they would have to say, okay, I've been blaming it on this. I really can't anymore because it's just it's so clear that it's part of it, but it's not all of it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I would hope that in your horrific scenario. Well, I kind uh, of felt it, that it, way. Why, why would it take that on? Well, it, it wouldn't. I was just trying to, you know. It, well, it would. It, well, I kind of felt that this weekend. All right, that's it. Right. What? What? What do you got? Let's do something. Right. Let's just try it. Right. Well, I think it might take what you're describing uh, just because. It would have to be so overwhelming that people's uh, bias and stupidity would be shoved out of them. But I don't, again, I don't know if I trust the media. I don't know if I trust, I certainly don't trust social media um, to deliver that. Because what I'm seeing now mostly is a reinforcement of pre-existing ideas, most of which completely miss the obvious reality of it, which is frustrating to me as a human being. Um, and, and it used to make me crazy. Um when when people just reject that which is clearly true or refuse to even consider it. Now, I'm getting better at dealing with it because I realize it's going to give me a heart attack if I'm not. Um, I, I'm not sure how much hope I have. Um, and I hate to say this. This is terrible, terrible radio. Um, but I think we may be really, really sick as a society. Oh, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, like, really, really sick. Um, and and I hope 
people of conscience and reasonable intelligence can get together and work toward a cure, because at least we'll be trying as we go down the tubes. Um, I pictured earlier this morning some guy in the Roman Senate with the toga. Maybe he's got the laurel leaves on. Who knows? Um, Sandals, I assume. But he's sitting there as Rome dies saying, listen, we have terrible problems here. We need to get a grip or this empire is going to crumble. And people of good conscience and intelligence um, saying, you know what, you're right and trying, but it wasn't enough. Well, it just might be something that comes with affluence and security that you can't avoid. I don't know. Right. But at the same time, I think you have to try. I think we, we can't give up. I mean, if only to, I mean, if you can, it's like people who have chronic conditions. I happen to have one. You can't cure it, but you can limit it. You can do your best to to still have a happy life and or a functioning society, even if you can't cure it. So, you know, I would urge you all, don't, don't give up hope. Just think. Don't tweet angrily. Don't go to your ideological bubbles. Just think. And maybe we can get together tomorrow and the day after that and, and work toward at least mitigating, you know, the disease. So we got this text that starts with, when I was in junior high, I used to fantasize about shooting up my school. I got the rest of it next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So later this hour, we're going to talk to Drew Harwell. We love who writes the technology column for the Washington Post. We're going to talk about 8chan and some of that stuff that goes on in the Internet. And I, I, I had heard of 8chan, but I'd never been on it. And it's a, a website where several recent mass shootings around the world that were tied to white nationalism, uh, where the people uh, posted their stuff and had their conversations. And, man, I saw some of the conversations that go on on, on 8chan, and it's it's a boy. It's that's... sick. and But it's far from the only one. There are others like it. Uh, it's, you know, the discussion with Drew is going to be about 8chan, but that's just that sort of thing. Right. Because a new one will pop up tomorrow. Exactly. One of the problems right. about acting like 8chan is the boogeyman is you could close it down today, and there'd be... 9chan. Yeah, yeah exactly. Such as the Internet, but... Um, so we got this text. When I was in junior high, I used to, in all honesty, fantasize about shooting up my school. It was around 1993. I had gone through traumas at home. My mother was beaten in front of me, often by my by an abusive boyfriend. That would fit in with the National Institutes of Justice study, yeah. That said almost all of the shooters that they've studied since the 60s had some sort of violent trauma at home mm-hmm. or witnessed violent trauma. Or were bullied terribly, yeah. Uh, my mother was beaten in front of me. I was depressed and suicidal. I was bullied constantly. I really, really, really wanted to shoot everyone that wronged me and would plan out my daydreams daily on how I was going to do it. The only thing that stopped me was my priority to buy comic books was greater than wanting a gun. Wow. If you knew how tragic my upbringing was, you'd be shocked that I had not become a school shooter. I wonder that makes sense. People with terrible anger want to express it. Dude, and I'm assuming you're a dude, and I'm almost certainly right. Um, God, you, you ought to talk to somebody who studies this stuff, because what what's, what's the thing in your makeup, brain, background, whatever, whatever, 
that made you stop and not do it versus the people to go ahead. I, I boy, we'd love to. That's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, and he might not even know that sure. answer until sure. he, you know, that's what you know, counseling and, and that sort of thing is all about. He, it might take a while to realize that. You know, I've been saying a lot and tweeted about it that it's about connectedness. Um, in in a lot of ways, it's a that's that's a word that has a lot of meanings and a lot of meaning. You know, we're talking about the evil, nasty 8chan connectedness where people uh, reinforce these beliefs and, and, and push each other to do crazy stuff. Well, what connectedness did he have in his life that gave him a little bit of a, a healthy way to express his anger and his hurt? Um, reminded him that even though I'm that angry, that's so far outside how I see myself, I would never do it. Just connectedness, that is our issue here. And we've designed a society in which we have constant inputs, constant inputs. We never get a chance to process this stuff. And at the same time, we're disconnected from real human interaction that keeps us on a healthy path. I don't know what to do about it, honestly. For me and mine, I'm just going to try to let them know that... The environment has changed. You know, you're a frog, and the pond you live in is very, very different, and you might want to hop out of it or at least be aware of what being in it is causing you. Yeah, we uh, we definitely need to take a look at our mental health as a country and not just the super crazy people that are shooting places up. It's the whole, it's all of us. And uh, maybe if we look at all of us, it would you know it would help those crazies ended up shooting places up. But oh, I guarantee you, know, it would. the level of uh, depression and suicide and anxiety and all that sort of stuff, it's just it's got to be figured out. And, and the idea that well, that's unrelated. It's white supremacy. I mean, that's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, I and 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 you know, and we'll talk about the seemingly politically motivated shooters. Uh, murderers, I'm sorry, um, mass murderers, because let's call them what they are. Um, and, and there have been some that seem to have seized on that as an excuse and a motivation for letting out the anger within. But, I mean, the the one doesn't exist without the other. I know plenty of people who are just over-the-top, crazy, nuts vehement about their politics, including some you know fairly ugly doctrines, but they, they would never hurt anybody. It's just not in them. Right. That leap is just, well, I, I believe, uh, you know, this very, very strongly. How is shooting some people shopping for school supplies at Walmart fit into that? Oh, it, it, it doesn't or, really in yeah. a way that makes any sense to the sane. I mean, there, the narrative on the news right now for the one guy in El Paso, the mass murderer in El Paso, is that he was uh, radicalized by anti-immigrant stuff and he went to kill a bunch of Mexicans. Um, again, People who are really angry, who have a desperate need to hurt to show their anger, will seize on whatever excuse-slash-ideology is handy. If that one tends to be more handy these days, well, then fight it. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But to, to say that's the cause is, again, just dumb. Well, what was the cause of uh, Saturday Night in Dayton or uh, the, Gilroy, the Gilroy Garlic Festival? Right, Gilroy and Parkland and just all sorts of them. Um. I do wonder about the at the extremes though. Is there a, is there a breaking point? I've thought we've hit the breaking point several times through these shootings. And there's lots of talks about various legislation and this and that, and then it goes away. Um, I would think there'd be a breaking point 
there could be a breaking point. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it would be other than gun laws, because there's nothing else that's even possible doable. The mental health stuff is possible. The identifying these shooters before they shoot, empowering and funding the FBI to really get serious about that. You know, that's got some some interesting civil liberties uh, aspects to it, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. But um, I think that could be useful. And all those things are good. But you can't get the correct answer unless you're asking the correct question. That's the part that obviously bothers me. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, President Trump saying it's time for action against the evil-causing mass shootings. Hong Kong protests heading toward a tipping point. And we've got a very important Armstrong and Getty 2020 Democratic political campaign pool update coming up for you. So uh, somebody else got out of the race? Indeed they did. We got to talk about what Joe Biden re-mention what Joe Biden right. said uh, this morning, talking about the shootings, which could really hurt him. And it wasn't, uh, you know, his policy; it was just his. It was a, it was a senior moment, as they say. And he is a senior. He's way up there into seniorville. Well, so are other candidates. Yes, but the narrative about Biden is he's uh, way beyond his prime. So exactly. that matters even more. And he may have demonstrated today what he says. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Drew Harwell of Washington Post, he's their tech guy, talking about uh, 8chan and various websites that uh, seem to be the place where angry people go to find other people, angry people to talk with, and come up with terrible ideas. This one shooter posted his plan to shoot people moments before he went and killed everybody at the Walmart. Yeah, a couple have posted their stupid, stupid manifestos. Is there anything we can do about that? Is there any algorithm that picks this stuff up on the Internet and says, hey, here we got one, find him? I don't know. News now, Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is saying we must vow to act with urgent resolve after this weekend's deadly mass shootings in Texas and Ohio. Addressing the nation from the White House today, Trump said, These barbaric slaughters are an assault upon our communities, an attack upon our nation, and a crime against all of humanity. We are outraged and sickened by this monstrous evil. At least 29 people were killed, more than 50 others injured by gunmen in El Paso and Dayton. Trump also vowing to go after the evil uh, contagion of gun violence. He said it's got to be done in a truly bipartisan manner. Trump said that includes reforming the mental health situation in America, and he's arguing that mentally unstable people should not have access to firearms. And he went on to say, I'm also directing the Department of Justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively, and without years of needless delay. You know, I think there might be a role, we've talked about this, in showing these mass murderers, you know, torn apart by bullets, having filled their pants, lying in the muck, not glorious at all, not scary and exciting, walking through the door like all of the media seems obsessed with promoting. 
and to you know execute them and, and show those autopsy photos. Here's what you're looking at. I think that might help a little bit, like several of the things we've been talking about, but it still doesn't answer the big question. What's in the head of the sicko Saturday who allowed himself to just very easily be arrested? Walk over to the car and get in with his right. handcuffs on. What's your freaking plan for life, dude? You idiot. There isn't one. He's just expressing his anger. The shooting at a Walmart in El Paso, as you were just talking about, uh, had the shooter surrendering when the police confronted him. The U.S. attorney, John Bash, is saying... We are also treating this as a domestic terrorist case. There's a statutory definition of domestic terrorism at 18 U.S.C. 2331. This meets it. It appears to be designed to intimidate a civilian population, to say the least. We are treating it as a domestic terrorism case. And we're going to do what we do to terrorists in this country, which is deliver swift and certain justice. What a doughy, stupid, useless piece of skin. When I saw him being walked to the car, I just thought, dude... It's just, it's just, it's so, you know, you can't wrap your head around the, the you know, your concept of God or right and wrong or how right. the world's supposed to work. That that freaking doughy loser gets to take these, all these lives and affect these, all these people. It just doesn't seem like that ought to be possible. You idiot. The shooting in El Paso followed 13 hours later by another in Dayton, Ohio, in the downtown nightclub district right around 1 a.m. The shooter, gunman, murderer, Brought down quickly by police, the police chief, Richard Bale, praising his officers. Their professionalism, their quickness, uh, their amazing courage, and their response uh, undoubtedly saved many, many, many lives. Uh, We will never know how many lives were saved. The assailant uh, was obviously very, very close to being able to kill dozens and dozens more, more people. And were it not in the nightclub district where there are always lots of cops around, in fact, a good friend of mine used to do that for a living, and it usually is mostly drunks and idiots right. um, acting like drunk idiots, um, that shooting could have easily had the same death toll or more than El Paso. So why is the ideology of the one mass murderer a national obsession right now, and nobody even wants to discuss the one in Dayton? We're just, we just keep asking the wrong question. Meanwhile, in Hong Kong, fighting is broken out there between protesters and a mob of men swinging long wooden poles. The fighting has been going on between protesters, hmm. these guys, and the police now. That's water yeah, those cannon. men uh, swinging long poles, I have an idea whose name is on their paychecks. That would be Xi Jinping. There's oh. some brave people out in the yeah. streets. I think they're fighting a losing battle. I don't think they have a chance. Uh, there was a... Uh, Wall Street Journal editorial board, I think. I saw a piece in there. It, it's it's the modern Tiananmen Square. I mean, it's the biggest uprising right. that China's had to deal with since Tiananmen Square in 89. And they say it will probably have the same violent end one of these days. And today might be the day. Right. Well, you know, Tim, uh, Tim the lawyer, Tim Sandifer, um, with a great... Where, where's his page, Twitter? You suck. He, um, he had a great tweet earlier saying... Uh, Hong Kong was lost in 1997. That was when the agreement was made to turn them over to the Chinese and everything. He said it was just a question of when uh, China would collect. And uh, it's happening now. Because who's going to stop them? Nobody. Now, on an entirely different note, it is time for a very important update. (laughs) 
The Armstrong and Getty Democratic nominee update, the 2020 election update. And once again, astute political observer and prognosticator Marshall Phillips has notched up yet another win out of the trio of hopefuls that he picked to drop out of the race first. He is scoring a second time. This time it's 89-year-old Mike Gravel. He's making it official. He is out. He was still running? The former senator from Alaska. (laughs) Running is an interesting term when you're talking about an 89-year-old. The former senator from Alaska ending his quixotic presidential campaign. His exit from the campaign race announced on his Twitter page, which is managed by two teenagers from New York. So two of your three, Gravel and Swalwell, are out. Indeed. Get the hell out of here! (laughs) And his third, Wayne Messam, is on milk cartons across this great nation. (laughs) Who? Miramar, Florida's mayor, Wayne Messam, still in the race, but looking for an exit, I'm sure. Whoa. (laughs) In the race? What? He filed some papers a while back. (laughs) He's not in any race. You've won, Marshall. We need to buy you a big old steak dinner. The stakes of this bet are steaks. Excellent. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting to get show the conscience of the nation. The only real stakes, if you ask me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have a particular uh, human being you're looking forward to taking out for some nice beef? Well, I'll have to uh, consider this. Perhaps a co-worker? Perhaps not. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so now we're all supposed to curry favor from you. Indeed. Oh, great. Super. <laughs> so uh, back to the awfulness. 66 people were shot and 12 killed in Chicago this weekend. Yeah, and it would be many more but for the skills of our trauma surgeons. So, you know, for a variety of reasons, and some of them make sense, when a single person does that sort of damage, the whole country stops and asks why. If 12 people get killed by 12 different people individually in one town, um, and that happens weekend after weekend after weekend after year after year after year after year. Yeah. It doesn't get much attention. It's a different disease. I oh, think. No, no doubt. No yeah. doubt it's a different yeah, but thing. But they're both terrible, terrible diseases. And part of it, I mean, some of it does make sense. Part of it, I'm not going to get shot by a Chicago gangbanger. Right. There's right. zero chance of that. Right. There's not much chance, but there is some chance of a mass shooter showing up somewhere I am. So if you have horrible ideas indefensible, vicious ideas, where do you go to get them reinforced and justified and get that push you need to enact them? Drew Harwell of the Washington Post will tell us about the dark corners of the web next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Each one has one, quote, global rule. Don't post, request, or link to any content that is illegal in the United States. But that hasn't stopped the creation and spread of dangerous content. It has been connected to the circulation of child porn. Um, It is a place where... People are routinely doxxed um, for, you know, going against something that the people on HN believe in. Um, it has, you know, white supremacist uh, memes and views are not uncommon there. Um, it's sort of a free-for-all of all of the worst things that can possibly happen online in, like, one board. 
Wow. All of the worst things that can happen online on one board, 8chan. I spent a fair amount of time on there reading stuff yesterday as I became aware of its role in so many things in society, including the shooting on Saturday in which the uh, stupid, lazy, coward, murderous, scumbag idiot uh, posted his manifesto on there right before he went and shot all those people. Joe Harwell is a tech reporter covering artificial intelligence and other issues for the Washington Post and certainly no stranger to the web and its dark corners. Drew joins us now. Hello, Drew. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. How are you? Uh, other than sickened and troubled, uh, like the rest of us. Yeah. So, listen, we got a little intro on what 8chan is, but uh, I think it's worth repeating that if it were shut down today, something would replace it tomorrow. What goes on in these corners of the web? I mean, imagine, like, one of the worst parts of the Internet with all of the most vile sort of content and memes you can get, every flavor of racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, anti-everything, it all has a refuge in 8chan. Um, 8chan is an anonymous message board. No one gives their name, and everything is um, open to discussion. And so, you know, it's become sort of a, a drain pipe, really, for... Uh, everything that anyone wants to talk about online. So you end up seeing, I mean, this year we have seen three mass shootings, including Christchurch in El Paso on Saturday, that began with gunmen going onto the board and posting their hateful spree manifestos on 8chan, knowing that that's a place where they could post it and it wouldn't be deleted. They they knew they would be celebrated and have a, a welcome audience. And, and the 8chan, for, those administrators have allowed that. So they've been sort of, you know, more than even complicit. They've been um, providing the support for, for that kind of online hate. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So, yeah, with these forms, you have to have an administrator just to keep the thing working. Do they not, uh, are they in agreement with all these people or do they just not care? Are they making ad revenue off of this? Uh, how does that work? HN is its own fiefdom, really. I mean, it's a, it's the pet project of its of its owners, and it's it's not connected to a lot of the tech companies that would traditionally exert this kind of pressure. They don't sell ads, they don't depend on Facebook, and so they get to operate pretty much as their own little cloistered, you know, hermit kingdom. Um, and so, you know, they can get some pressure from the few companies they work with, but they're they're allowed to sort of set their own rules, and, and that creates, you know, the, the environment that we've seen this weekend. And would it be fair to say that there's nothing unique about 8chan uh, that couldn't be replaced tomorrow? It is where angry, hateful people know they can express their anger and hate and be reinforced. Yeah, that's right. I mean, pe- people know that they can express those views, and also people end up going there because, you know, they, they're they turned on by something else, and then they get further radicalized. They, they see the memes, and, and that's a big part of the 8chan sort of ethos, too, is, is turning normies, turning mainstream normal people onto their hateful cause, whether it's, you know, the, the, the views expressed from the El Paso shooter and that there was, you know, this quote-unquote Hispanic invasion, which is ridiculous, or, you know, any other sort of neo-Nazi sort of hate hate speech. It, it all happens on each and, and it's all sort of celebrated there. Is there a way for the FBI to see, hey, somebody, that guy's clearly, you know, is a white supremacist or a, on the verge or whatever. Is there a way for them to figure out who made a posting and keep an eye on them, or is that impossible? 
It's pretty much impossible. Um, you know, this site has baked anonymity into its DNA so much that every post is just given a new number every time somebody puts there's no user profiles. That's that's part of how everybody talks with each other, and they refer to each other as anons, anonymous people. Um, but, you know, the FBI has filed search warrants for 8chan. They, they've sought to seek out more information, including after the synagogue shooting in, in Poway outside San Diego that was also tied to 8chan. They have clearly seen this as a place where um, a lot of this extremist crap happens. And, you know, terror and extremist experts have sort of said HM really doesn't look that differently than a lot of the Islamic State um, Al-Qaeda sites that we were talking about after 9-11. It's right. the same exact playbook. So so they do watch, but, you know, they're, they're, they're limited in, in what they can do. And, and that's part of why people end up going to HM over anywhere else. Drew Harwell covers tech for the WAPO. Uh, Drew, I appreciate you pointing that out. And for just directly to our listeners who may be tuning in for the first time this morning, we've been talking for hours about the fact that those obsessing with a particular ideology are missing the fundamental question about all these shootings. That it is almost exclusively young men, in the case of Las Vegas, an older guy, but people wanting to uh, express their anger and their hatred, and they may latch on to an ideology and be encouraged in that direction by fellow lunatics, but, uh, you know, Las Vegas, Parkland, uh, Columbine, I could give you a dozen more examples if you'd like, people who either seem to be politically left or completely apolitical. I am absolutely against getting a handle on extremist ideologies that motivate people to kill, but that's not the fundamental question. That's what we've been talking about all day today. And, Drew, you can comment on that if you want. We didn't have you on to talk about that, but... Um, I think if we're going to be no, serious I, yeah, as a society, yeah. we really need to figure out what is the right question before we find the right answer. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think, um, you know, HN is just one sort of symptom of, of the root problem, but you see it there as sort of a microcosm. And with a lot of these shootings, where there is sort of a white supremacist background. There's this extremist belief in anti-everything, but this, you know, sort of a perfect race. And, you know, there is also a lot of support for Trump. And, you know, this this gets into one of the struggles with, with HN, which is that domestic terror in this country is treated differently than international terror. And part of that reservation, and this is what sources tell our, our folks who cover the FBI, is that there's, um, you know, a reluctance to pursue some of these white supremacists because they can end up blending with parts of President Trump's base, and it becomes a real political um, struggle to know where do we draw the line, where does it get too hateful, and um, you know, each hand has celebrated being right in that in that danger zone. They 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 encourage people to to fall into that idea. Well, you know, that's I, a really interesting point. I think it completely misses my point. Um, and the minute you turn this about Trump or people who just have adamant political beliefs, again, we are distracted from the real question, why are angry young men using mass murder as a coping mechanism? Well, let me turn it that back. That is the question. Let me turn it back to the tech question uh, with Drew Harwell of the Washington Post. So is there is this just a um, uh, something that comes along with having the Internet, which I assume is not going to go away? the ability for people to get together on websites and have these kind of conversations about whatever it is that they're into? or Is there anything that, that could 
that will someday lead to ending this, or is this just come with having an Internet? Uh you know, I think it just comes with having an Internet. I mean, you know, this is, like we were talking about earlier, I think this is a place that people go when they don't have anything else, right? I mean, it's really impossible to know who goes on HM because they're anonymous. But from the people who observe it, it's, you know, people who feel totally alienated by society. There, there's even a term in, in HM where they call themselves NEET, N-E-E-T's, where they're, they're not employed, they're not educated, they're not in training. They're just sort of existing, and, and they're seeking a, a form of belonging. HN offers that belonging. It also offers this horrible, radical ideology. But if you don't have anything else, that's going to seem more attractive. Drew Harwell. So, you know, I, I'm sorry, Drew, we're about out of time, and that is just a brilliant way to end yeah, uh, the good. chat, if you don't mind. It's always stimulating. Yeah. Drew, we appreciate your time very much. Great. Thanks for talking. Oh, it's Neat. Not educated. Not Employed, not employed, and, and not training. training. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. It's about connectedness, the lack of positive connectedness, and the presence of the most awful sort of connectedness. I'm telling you, God, and they're mean to each other on that side. I spent right. time on there. They just, they just hate everything. Terrible. It's something else. Cruelty. Ugh. Armstrong and Getty.